0: Welcome to another episode of Super FX. It's the show where we talk about video games. Uh, there's a lot of video games to talk about because we're in the middle of E3, baby. I'm Tyler. I'm Matt. And this is episode number four. It's number four. Can you believe it,
1: Matt? I We finally got enough money to be able to produce a fourth episode.
0: Wow. That's right. You heard it here, folks. We have funding now.
1: Yeah, that's right. We don't actually have funding. No, not, There's no funding. Not not yet, at least. Patreon.com/slash FX Podcast. <laughs> so what's up, uh, man? What you been playing? Uh,
0: yeah, man it's it's been it's been fun. We I, I've been playing as, as Xenoblade Chronicles, as you heard from last uh, last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, still kind of slowly chugging my way through that, but. Um, I guess what I what I really wanted to focus on is, as everybody knows, I was super excited for Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Hell yeah! Um, that came out. Uh, so yeah, I I you know I drove on down to the local Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, something I thought was really interesting. I got to Best Buy Saturday morning. The Game came out Friday. I went to Best Buy Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had like their COVID hours. Uh, they were opening at eleven. Uh, we got there like ten fifty five, and there's a huge ass line out like going down around the side of the best buy and it wasn't for people buying ratchet and clay i was gonna say it it
1: was that much no
0: (laughs) no it was just it was just people trying to go to to best buy on a saturday and uh we pull it like we we pull into the parking lot and lauren kind of goes oh like shoot like there's a huge ass line like i don't want to wait in that line yeah and then dude comes out he opens the door the line all goes inside and then we you know, 1102, 1102 or whatever comes along and we go on in. So I don't know why all these people decided just, they're you know, spend their Saturday morning lining up queuing outside Best Buy just because they wanted to go in and buy a new like sound system or whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, so I went in and got Rest and Clank. Um, it's good. It's, it's a, it's a really good successor to, uh, Ratchet the PS4 Rest and Clank, which I adored. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's it's, I mean it's basically a launch title for PS5 at this point. Yeah, they're really going. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, they're, it's an
1: exclusive, right? I don't think it's on PS4 as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. PS5 yeah. exclusive, and they're really going ham into the you know early console lifecycle. So let's play all of the the new features of yeah. the controller and let you know check out all of our ray tracing uh, and, and and all that kind of stuff. So. Mm. Um, Anything that happens, you get that dual sense vibration um, in the triggers, and you know, in, in the body of the controller, you get vibrations. Somebody like at some point, there's a cutscene. Somebody like sets something down on the damn counter, mm-hmm. and uh, the controller vibrates a little bit. You know, um, it's it's it, everything vibrates, uh, <laughs> but it's a, it's a lot of fun, and they they really do, I think, utilize the controller well. Uh, all of the weapons have you know it, certain things happen when you press the the triggers down halfway and then uh, different things happen if you push the trigger down the whole way you know um, so all and all the weapons are so varied like ratchet and Clank lends itself as a series it lends itself really well to that kind of thing because there's such a variety of weaponry that you can yeah. really play into it uh, kind of differently depending on which weapon you're using um, the triggers do different things uh, and depending on if you're pulling it halfway. So that's really interesting uh, and fun. Um, I love the new character Rivet; she's great. Um, I'm really glad that they were able to kind of get like a, a, a new Lombax in, who's female and a really cool character, really fun character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so props to Insomniac for doing that. That was, uh, I, you know, a really neat uh, addition. Yeah. Um, one big thing that I'm having troubles with, and it was kind of funny. Lauren was watching me play it, right? Uh, and even I was you know, first stage. I got through the little tutorial bit and first stage I'm I'm playing and Laura walks in, and she's looking at it, she stands there for about thirty seconds and she's like, Hey, there's like a lot going on <laughs>
1: <laughs> And I'm like Oh yeah. like the screen is like just like filled with stuff happening.
0: Dude, it's it's a little rough. Like it's a good game. I'm enjoying my time with it, but it's a little much at times. And I think we're getting to that point where they're like hey, check out these new consoles. Like, we can put so many lighting effects and so many particles and so many things on the screen, and there's just explosions happening for no reason. Oh, you know, man. and it's, yeah, it's it, it can be, especially in the early stages, it took a little bit to get used to because they're able to just put, like, to their point, they're able to put so much stuff on there, so many lighting effects and so many, you know, um, little details and uh, the the world and the cityscape is so vast that they can just have, you know, a ton of vehicles like flying around in, the, in, in space behind the action that's actually going on. But it's just, it's so much at times and it becomes such like almost a detriment.
1: That's kind of how I felt when I was playing uh, Crash 4, which I did yeah. for PS4. And it, it reminds me of a, like a, I guess it's not really a funny story so much as a memory that I have, but like kind of lends itself to the thought of how far we've come in video games because i look at crash 4 and i'm like oh there's just so much happening on the screen like how can i process this but then i'm reminded of when i was a kid and i got sonic heroes for the first time which yes go ahead make (laughs) fun of me but i remember playing sonic heroes for the first time and going like what's like there's so much happening how can i pay attention and now I play Sonic Heroes as an adult, and I'm like, there's fucking nothing going on. This game's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so
0: so are we just old? Is that it? Are we I think old? so.
1: I think we're just old now. Either that or games have come so much farther that now... if you Could you imagine if we were younger, or especially me, playing Sonic Heroes going, wow, this is too much, and then immediately playing Rift Apart or Crash 4? My brain would have exploded.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> So I mean we'll see if it you know in later stages if it kind of mellows out a little bit. I wonder if it's just a case of you know early stages they really want to kind of start off with a bang and kind of showcase what they're doing. Yeah. How many um, uh, hours in are you? Uh, I like maybe four. four oh
1: inch, okay, that's not four bad. or five.
0: So, um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm gonna finish it, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if I go back. And there's a lot of kind of collectathon elements of mm-hmm. you know find a little secret hidden. Uh, bolts and uh, there's uh, these raritanium, I think they call it, is like the gems that you can use to buy and upgrade weapons. Yeah, Um, So the the first one, I'm pretty sure I actually went back and got the Platinum Trophy, which is one of the very few games that I actually did that on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I won't be surprised with myself if I end up going back and and doing that with this one. Um, I I really just... It's just... It's so tight. It's the perfect uh, example of what a modern day... Kind of collectathon platformer should be. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, That's how I felt about what they did with Crash Four. Although collectathon, not so much because it's Crash. But I yeah. was so enamored by how they were able to translate the feel of an old Crash game onto a modern console in the modern era. It was great, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I can't wait to play Rift Apart too. I picked it up myself. Um, we went to Walmart because for whatever reason, I don't know if this is happening in Canada because um, your Walmart is drastically different from our Walmart. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but like I, mean, I don't know they're... if i said
0: drastically, but it's, it's, it well, is your
1: Walmart, strange. the way you've described your Walmart to me, it sounds like target, but Walmart here is like, if target were homeless, if that makes sense. <laughs> like the floors when... aren't, the floors aren't done. There's no ceilings. Like if you're in like a good neighborhood, maybe a Walmart could be reminiscent of a target, but almost every Walmart I've been to, it just looks like it's a warehouse that is pretending to be a target.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not far off. I think the fact that we don't have Target anymore helps uh, kind of...
1: Make Walmart want to stand up.
0: (laughs) Exactly. When we we had Target, you know, there were some instances where Target and Walmart would be, like, down the road from each other. And we'd walk into both, and it would be a night and day difference. Yeah. Um, Target was never what it is there when it was here. You know, like, they never got to that point where Mm -hmm. it was, like, a, you know, a a really comfortable shopping experience. Yeah. Uh, So... That's it. I haven't been to a Walmart in you in 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 America ever, or in a really. I'm really long surprised so. when you
1: come to visit me again. Now that COVID restrictions are going to start to lighten up, we should totally go to a Walmart so you can puke.
0: Yeah, we'll record an episode <laughs> of, the, of the show live on yeah, location. Yeah, live
1: from... at Walmart. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to episode. By that point, what is it going to be like? Forty? Oh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, not that long. Yeah. Right. But still. um... <laughs> What I was going to say, though, was you said that there was a line outside the Best Buy, and it ended up not being for Rift Apart. I didn't find a line at the Walmart, but when I got there, I was like, no one has really talked about Rift Apart so much to me, except for you, really. None of my friends seem like they're interested in it, and that could also be because like nobody owns a PS5 right now. But um, yeah. I was very surprised when I... Walked into the Walmart and we went to the electronics section. They only had one copy left. Wow. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is another case of scalpers, but... I think that's the only time that I've bought a, a PlayStation title from any of the Playstations and I got the last copy. Yeah. It's just so it weird was, to me. The,
0: the Best Buy here was doing something... Where, you know, they have like the, the fake copy on the wall and then you take it to the till and then they open up the cage behind them. To oh, yeah. Get... No, you
1: just have to wrangle down an employee at Walmart and they'll come over to the case and open it for you.
0: Yeah, it's the same. Like, Walmart's the same like that here. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they seem to have a ton. we at my best buy. So,
1: yeah, no, I, I'm, I was very surprised. Maybe they had more in the back, but I had the last copy that was out on the floor. So.
0: Yeah, well, I'm excited for you to start playing it, and uh, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, yeah. on the like, next episode, we'll hear what you what you think.
1: Possibly, as soon as I'm finished with Pokemon, because...
0: Uh, we all know that's never going to happen. Well, We're never going to be finished. No,
1: Well, here's the right... I'll make this short, because we want to get into the gamer news with a Z, or it legally doesn't count. But um, I finished the story mode in Pokemon XD, and now I'm just doing all of the extraneous side bullshit to do 100% completion. I have every single Shadow Pokemon except for one, and they're all purified. So I need to do a little bit of grinding to get up to high enough level to fight the trainer who has the final Shadow Pokemon, um, which is going to be fine because I also have to complete the Mount Battle Challenge, and I'll get a bunch of levels doing that. Yeah, I had to do the Mount Battle Challenge in Pokemon Coliseum, but in XD, you have to do it three times to get all three unique rewards, which are the three Johto starters. Um... So yeah, that's going to be great, <laughs> having to do 100 um, trainers in a row three times in a row.
0: Has anyone ever used the term sadistic to you before?
1: Um, you did, and I corrected you and said masochistic in, I think, episode one. <laughs> Shit. Oh, damn. we got to cut that out, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do we? It's staying in. I'm editing this.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I mean, g- good luck. Have fun with yeah. the rest of this journey that you're on. Um, I hope we never have to talk about it ever again. Yeah, right.
1: There's other side bullshit, but um, for the most part, it's manageable. There's some, like, mini-games and extra, like, battle content that I'm working through right now. And it's taking a little while, but at least it's not boring. It's actually kind of
0: fun. Would you say say that this game or this experience has uh, added uh, any, like, wrinkles to your face?
1: No, but it's definitely made me question my choices. Because (laughs) realistically, the only reason that I have to play through Colosseum and XD are just... For Ho-Oh and Lugia. That's really it. Like, it makes getting other Pokemon easier. Like the three legendary dogs. I could try to track them down in Fire Red and Leaf Green, But it's way fucking harder. So I'd rather just play through Colosseum. Because you get yeah. them there. Um, and the Johto starters also. You get them in Colosseum and in XD. Instead of having to go through whatever the fuck side quest requires. That you trade, like, 200 common Pokemon in Emerald or some shit. Fuck that. So... <laughs> I have to do this for Ho and Lugia, but it just makes it way easier if I do it anyway, even if I didn't need Ho'O and Lugia. There's other I kinda of
0: feel I kinda of feel like the this this quest that you're on, um, they're releasing Pokemon games at a faster rate than you are going through the collectathons. <laughs> it it hasn't
1: been that long. Poke Generation One only took me a month, and Gen 2 took me like eight months, but that's also because I took a small break in the middle because I started to feel a little burned out. But, yeah um, i bet yeah this isn't really making me feel too burned out though um i i think once i get into the proper games so like fire red leaf green ruby sapphire emerald i might start to experience that burnout a little more because it's going to require playing the same game more than one time whereas playing coliseum and then xd they're totally unique experiences but fire uh-huh. Red, leaf green same game ruby sapphire and emerald same game emerald has a little more story to it a couple more features I well, feel like that's uh, where I'm going to get burned out.
0: <laughs> as much as, uh, you know, I'd love to talk about, uh, you know, turn this into the Pokemon XD yeah, Gale right. Gale podcast. Hey
1: guys, welcome to the Pokemon XD podcast. <laughs>
0: um, can you believe it is uh, E3 week?
1: <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs>
0: and, and we're talking about Pokemon XD. Gale
1: <laughs> welcome to our show. If you're new here, that's what we do.
0: <laughs> uh now that that seg- segment is wrapped up uh, I think we should uh move on to that gamer news E3 babe B- 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 Let's go So uh it was uh the the majority of the E3 events uh, were going on over the past uh you know week and a bit here yeah. I think we have a couple more events on the horizon I think uh EA is yet to do theirs um so excited to see what they want to show. Because yeah. up until this point, it's been a little slow. I, I can't wait for say. a sports
1: game 2022.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> we can just kind of, you know, let's, let's go through. We'll crank out maybe some of the bigger names, the bigger titles that have been announced over the past uh, week or so. Um, Nintendo actually just wrapped today. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh, and we just sat down to watch the Nintendo event. So we're going to wrap with that one. Obviously, uh, Matt and I are uh, bigger into the Nintendo stuff, uh, rather than some of the other things that yeah, have happened earlier this week. Up but,
1: Nintendo boys
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's not to say that there wasn't, you know, some interesting things coming out. And granted, I do think that this E3, you know, was somewhat expected to be a little bit, uh, a little bit lower than maybe what we've seen in the past. Oh yeah. Um, coming right that... off
1: the heels of COVID and everything, of especially because last year's E3 was just completely canned. So at this point, I'm just happy that E3 happened this year, but it was a little bit more meh than most yeah. E3s.
0: Do, 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 do you think they're going to go back, you know, like next year, they'll have, they'll have like the, in, the whole in-person, uh, you know, go to LA and everyone's going to, you know, with the vendors and the groups and all that.
1: With the way that things are going and all the improvements that are being made in society in general concerning COVID right now, I think it's safe to say that by this time next year, it'll be a no-brainer to have things back the way they used to be.
0: Well sure, but I I guess my what I mean is, do you think it's they're going to see that value in actually holding an in-person event at Considering this point? Uh, that they
1: realize that they don't have to?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um I think it's more just about like the tradition of it all. I mean, I know it's a lot more of a costly venture to hold an E3 in person, but that also generates so much more hype than just everybody sitting at home.
0: Definitely. Yeah. You know, yeah. Is it going to change like I feel do. like
1: it's not going to change most people's minds, right? Like if you want to buy a game that's announced at E3, you'll buy it whether it was an in-person event or whether you watched it from home. However, yeah. E3 is way more hype With the audience in the crowd cheering when they announce something new, or maybe something gets revived for the first time in 25 years, or a new character gets added to a game, or they announce DLC or or like some new IP, the crowd is what honestly always made E3 for me because hearing their reactions is like it's it's just some of the best like heartfelt gamer moments. Like oh totally. When I don't have this conversation with my mom very often, but every now and again you know she be like, like what do i see in video games like what what's the community like and um every now and again i like well there's you know e3 it's like it's basically like the sports of video games if you don't count actual esports like e3 is like the event of the year it's like the super bowl for gamers it's super awesome mm-hmm. and uh, i look forward to it every year because i get to see people cheering and clapping like just press conferences in general when um Rest in peace, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. But when it was first announced, it wouldn't have been nearly as electrifying if they didn't have fucking Keanu Reeves come out on stage and the whole you're breathtaking thing like that never yeah. could have happened if E3 were done the way it was done this year.
0: So I think I think we're in agreement that we hope it comes back uh, next year. We hope to see you know everybody uh, safe and healthy and uh, and back on stage. Yeah, uh, everybody presenting. take good
1: care of yourself so that we can get back to having normal E3. Amen. Yeah, not, not too much, <laughs> not too much longer. Uh, yeah. But
0: let's get into it here. Uh, E3, we opened with uh, I guess it wasn't really officially part of E3, but Jeff Keighley's Summer Games Fest, mm-hmm. um, in which he had a, it was a pretty long, pretty long show. I think they had about a two-hour show. Um, showcasing just a, a bunch of, you know, obviously the big the big guys weren't weren't there um, to show off, uh, you know, the, the Halos and, and and the Marios and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, they did have a, a, a couple big reveals. I think the biggest of which was Elden Ring. I know uh, there's there's some big hype around Elden Ring. I, I'm not personally huge into the From Software stuff. Um, yeah, Historically historically but uh i know that's really really hyped and I, I mean it looks good i'm sure that at some point i will get around to trying that one out i don't know if it's a game that i will ever sit down and, and finish um but uh it looks really cool and i'm glad that there's uh something for those you know the bloodborne fans and the demon souls fans mm-hmm. uh that's coming out um we went over to uh, microsoft microsoft's uh, kind of xbox slash bethesda event which i was kind of surprised yeah to see that, that they so uh, slammed them together the- yeah, I, I, uh, w- I was surprised, you know, I, you'd think that they would just call it the, you know, the Microsoft event or the Xbox Studios event yeah. or something like that. Like, given that they have, I think they, they said 22, 20 something studios that are all working on games that are, you know, Microsoft owned studios, Bethesda being one of them. I think it's just um, yeah, because they,
1: Bethesda is such a, a big name that they felt the need to give it its own time in the spotlight. Yeah, for sure. To actually choose yeah, sure. its name.
0: Yeah, they showed off uh, Bethesda did show off uh, the work in progress Starfield, which feels like was announced forever ago at this point. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really much gameplay. They did show in engine footage um, of it. I don't know. Uh, I just how hope it doesn't I got end up out being of that.
1: No man's sky. That's all like when when a game like this is announced, that's my first thought.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. It's especially it's been in production for it feels like forever now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, you know, it looks. Good at this point, but we basically saw a you know a glorified in-engine cutscene. So hard to say what uh, really is going to come out of that. Um, they also showed off, kind of saved it for last. It was uh, Redfall, mm-hmm. uh, which was a little bit interesting because I think a lot of uh, uh, Elder Scrolls fans were thinking that Redfall or Redfell was the next Elder Scrolls game. I mm-hmm. think the, the speculation was they saw a trademark. Uh, that was uh, filed or a copyright notice or something like that that was filed um, a while back for I think it was Redfell or Redfall and they uh, you know Elder Scrolls fans everywhere you know it sounds like a high fantasy type name yeah uh, so a lot of Elder Scrolls fans assumed that's what the you know, the next Elder Scrolls game was called uh, they did not show off Elder Scrolls 6. They did announce that it was still in development. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did show off Redfall, which turns out is a, uh, seems to be a co-op open world FPS of sorts. Um, I was getting sort of um, maybe watchdogs vibes a-, a little bit. Um, it's a little tough to say exactly what type of game this is at this point. Uh, but uh, it, l- it looked really interesting. They had a lot of uh, kind of humorous moments in there. So a little lighter tone. Um, which is always welcome. So i um, interested to see what comes of that.
1: Um, what do you think we'll get first? Another Skyrim port or Elder Scrolls 6?
0: <laughs> they actually, they did talk about, you know, Skyrim was talked about. Again, I think it's the 10th anniversary coming up. Uh, yeah. which is crazy to think about because it does not feel like it was that long ago. But I, I, that was the they... first midnight
1: release I ever went to, with Skyrim. Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, interesting. I also went. Um, and I, I remember being so hyped for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, uh, you know, it, it's no surprise that they still like to talk about Skyrim to this day. Yeah. Um,
1: Skyrim 2 announced.
0: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they also showed off Halo Infinite. Uh finally we saw a little bit of that. Uh what I thought was really interesting is uh, they announced the multiplayer is free to play. Uh yeah, you don't but have the, that on the full game.
1: But the single player not so. <laughs> but
0: they <laughs> single player campaign uh is not. Uh so I thought that was a little interesting. I thought maybe that was a little uh you know, they saw the success of Call of Duty Warzone, they see the success of Fortnite and they say hey, we got to be there too. Um, so Halo Infinite Multiplayer, free to play. Uh, I'm definitely going to get into that. Some of my favorite gaming memories, uh, playing with my friends, you know, in a, in a hot, sweaty basement of with filled with eight <laughs> dudes, all playing Halo.
1: Yeah, I think it has a lot to do also with um, Halo is a very unique sort of first person shooter because people really care about the story. So to make the single player paid, but the multiplayer totally accessible for free, it actually kind of feels like it's a decent move for Halo because mm-hmm. people will pay to see how the story goes but if they just want to hang out chill and you know, blast away with their friends then they don't have to worry about it
0: yeah yeah, I, I I don't hate that move uh, whatsoever. I, I you know Microsoft is very clearly moving towards the Game Pass strategy. Yeah, um, I'm a little surprised that it wasn't uh, you know play the multiplayer on Game Pass kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and that it's like fully free to play, no Game Pass required. I'm a little surprised about that. Yeah, me too. Um, but uh, yeah, you know everything in this in this whole event was you know played. Play it first on game pass like it comes out launch day, available on game pass there's no delay anything like that like mm-hmm. game pass game pass game pass so uh yeah, they, they said know, the word
1: game pass <laughs> they, yeah, <laughs> ever, but you know what uh, hey it, it's kind of cool to see them moving forward like this uh, they're making it a lot more accessible
0: it it is really accessible. I mean, if if I th- you know thinking back to when I was a fourteen year old with an Xbox, there was so so many games that I would have loved to play, but just you know of course didn't have the income, didn't yeah. have the money I, to go out and buy, you know, a 60 seventy dollar game every weekend, uh, and so to be able to, to to have the idea of dropping fifteen bucks a month or whatever it is to be able to play all of the latest releases on the day they came out, um, that's a huge selling point, especially to I think I think a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I. I, you know as a collector i have mixed feelings about it because i'd love for these games to come out physically, physically. and be yeah. available physically uh you know for the rest of our days uh, and it seems like the, those days are numbered yeah. um i i'm i have to say there's a part of me that's surprised to see that a lot of these games are still getting physical releases um but you know we'll we'll kind of see uh, see where it goes from here on out um yeah Ubisoft uh, had their event. They, you know, showed a whole bunch of nothing really. Uh, of course, we got some extended Rainbow Six. Uh, what's it called? Rainbow Six eviction. Uh, uh, Ex- I
1: don't extinction? Know what Extortion? Whatever. <laughs> you can see how much we care. <laughs> I'll look it up.
0: Not only did they show off that, but they did show off some stuff for what they're calling their live games. So these are the games that are uh, kind of released and ongoing. Rainbow Six Siege, they talked about uh, a bit about as well. Um, that's still going on. And that's still popular, which I'm relatively surprised that it's still going on.
1: It's Rainbow Six Extraction.
0: Extraction. Yeah. Wow. I, I, d- I did I say that, but there. for
1: whatever reason, it didn't sound right. <laughs> uh,
0: so they shut off a bunch of that. Um, obviously, Just Dance twenty twenty two. We mm-hmm. had an extended look at, which I am so thankful for. Hallelujah!
1: <laughs> Just what everybody. Do wanted. you get to play Good as news, the alpaca, or
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're you know glad to see they're still going heavy into Just Dance? Yeah, uh,
1: but uh, they showed they they uh, showed ahead. off. Well, you are probably going to mention it, but Mario um, Rabbits.
0: Mario Rabbids
1: Mario Rabbids sequel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see that. Um, I did play through the original when it came out. That game had no business being as good as it is.
1: I'm 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 kind of uh, glad to hear you say that. Because <laughs> I will admit that when it was first announced before it came out, I was like, what the fuck is this? Because I don't really like the Rabbids that much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, face value. Okay, it, it here's the thing. It does like, sense. Rayman Raving Rabbids and Rayman Raving Rabbids 2, good games. Everything else that the Rabbids were in... Annoying games. <laughs> Don't like them. But then yeah. they announced Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, and I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Fuck, I hate these characters. The Rabbids. <laughs> I love the Mario. Um, but, so I, I ended up not picking it up. I, I would have picked it up anyway at some point, because I have the collector gene, I guess you could call it. And Oh, my, mine are Yeah, right. <laughs> um but someone ended up selling it on like facebook marketplace really cheap used so i picked it up from them after i had heard from so many different people that game actually was really good and i'm kind of glad that you <laughs> seem to have slightly the same thought because by your implication saying it had no business being that good
0: yeah i mean face value you look at that game and you're like oh wh-
1: what yeah. like well, why well this is something no,
0: it, it, it's good. It's actually good. So I'm glad to see that you know sales were good enough that they're they're making a second one. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I'm and this I'm soon too. The then the kind of interesting thing about that is it because it's an Ubisoft title, it's not a Nintendo title. Mm-hmm. Uh, it dropped in value or in, I guess in price very quickly. Yeah, that's why so I only got it for
1: like 15 bones. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's definitely like it, it doesn't hold Nintendo value like Nintendo typically does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely hold off on buying that one until, you know, pick it up uh, <laughs> on Black Friday for $24.
1: Yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about the Intellivision Amico event. It was, it was a small, like, 10-minute event. But do you know about that?
0: No, I missed that.
1: No? Do you know about the Amico? Uh,
0: very vaguely.
1: So, like, the Intellivision name has been completely unused for a very, very long time after the crash of 1983 and...
0: Oh, I did see something about yeah. this. Somebody was making fun of how the M looks like a heart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a couple of years ago, though, Tommy Tallarico, who is a world-renowned video game composer and holds the Guinness World Record for the person who has worked on the most video games, um, he decided to buy the um, Intellivision name, and he started up his own company, Intellivision, I think it's Intellivision Incorporated. And he's going to release a new console. It's been in the works for a couple of years now, but it's finally set to release this October. And as such, he actually had a spot in E3. And the new console is called the Intellivision Amico. And it kind of marries together modern gaming with 70s and 80s gaming. Where everything is super simple, yet the games are modernized. And I think it's really cool. The controllers are very reminiscent of traditional Intellivision controllers. So they have a, a spinny wheel that also doubles as a D-pad. It's weird, but it's it's really cool and it has some cool features. There isn't a whole lot that is really worth talking about because it's basically an old console brought to the modern era. But I think right. it's super interesting to see that this is getting E3 Limelight because um, yeah. I don't think the Atari box ever got E3 Limelight before it was renamed the VCS. And I don't think that the Ouya ever got E3 Limelight, anything like that.
0: I (laughs) was literally just about to ask, so is this Ouya (laughs) 2?
1: I think it might actually be better than Ouya 2. Because I think the main reason Ouya failed is because all of the games were free to play or free to start. And so most people got their fill and never never bought anything. So no one made any money. So stopped making games, and then the Ouya died. Um, According to the presentation... um, Games are going to be nine dollars or less if they're digital, and physical games will be about nineteen ninety nine. There will actually be physical well, games for whoa. this thing. Yeah, like a,
0: a cartridge based thing.
1: Um, I don't know. They didn't show the media. All Tommy Tellerico said was that there are going to be physical games, and he specifically said for you collectors out there, which gave me a bummer. Uh, so, yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: huh. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Well, uh, did, was there a date for this?
1: Um. I don't remember exactly the date, but I do know it's in October.
0: Okay. Okay. So so soon.
1: Yeah, super soon, and I'm very excited. It, you can actually pre-order it for like, I think it's a hundred oh, bucks. Yeah.
0: GameStop exclusive Galaxy Purple.
1: I really want the um, special edition red one, but it's not pre-orderable, and I don't know where to find it.
0: <laughs>
1: so I might well, I, I might just uh, get the wood grain one.
0: I'm looking forward to playing some Amico with my amigo.
1: Yeah, but anyway. Continue, you were going to mention something else?
0: No, I was going to go into Nintendo. (laughs) All right, let's go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Tyler and I are Nintendo boys at heart. We grew up playing mostly Nintendo stuff. And while we understand that everything is important, the Nintendo Direct was probably the most important thing to us. We spent the whole day trying to avoid spoilers. I deleted Facebook and Reddit and Twitter from my phone, so I wouldn't be tempted to check them. I forced my girlfriend not to say anything to me about the Direct because she watched it at work.
0: Yeah, yeah, I had it. I had a couple close calls today. Uh, a guy at work came up to me and said, uh, Hey, is there something Nintendo going on today? Stop! And I was like, stop! Slow motion.
1: No! Uh,
0: that's exactly how it went down. Uh, yeah. So I, I was lucky to avoid that. My buddy Nick, friend of the show Nick, what's up, Nick? He, hey, uh, Nick. He texted me uh, and, and told me that he was slightly disappointed. And after watching the show, I gotta say, like, I, I think he was wrong. Uh, because I honestly, uh, overall enjoyed one yeah
1: i will reiterate this is the first e3 after covid so of course i wasn't expecting gold but we got pretty nice silver
0: yeah so uh so what do you want to start with you want to start with uh uh metroid
1: i guess so it's it's the thing that made me the most excited so i guess there's no sugarcoating it um yeah you you screamed i did scream i i i banged my desk and went yes (laughs) (laughs) um I'm a big Metroid fan, and I've been wanting a sequel to Fusion pretty much since I played Fusion. It was one of my, it still is, one of my favorite 2D platformers, period. And uh, I we all pretty much knew that it was difficult for the story of Metroid to continue after Fusion, because they did, they did quite a lot. They, they kind of almost fully dead-ended the chronology of the series. It's kind of weird to even think that there could have been a sequel, but Nintendo is Nintendo. Um, For those of you who aren't aware, I guess the uninitiated, uh, this is not the first time that we have heard of Metroid Dread. Um, It was actually announced around, I think, 2005, and it was supposed to be a sequel to Metroid Fusion, and it was going to appear on the Nintendo DS, and it was announced, I believe, one time, and then no one ever mentioned it again. It was, like, silently cancelled. So the fact that this is happening now, 16 years later, this might be, or at least it's the only example I can think of, the first time that Nintendo has resurrected a cancelled project with exactly the same name and exactly the same premise. It's the same, it might not be the same game exactly, but it's going to be what we were already expecting. It's a sequel to Metroid Fusion, on a handheld, technically... With the same name, sixteen years later, brought back from the dead.
0: Crazy. I I wonder. You know, I've I've heard tell that they tr- did try to resurrect it at some point. Um, yeah. Y- you know, for what might have been Wii, might have been DS, might have been 3DS, whatever, whatever the second attempt was. Um, so it seems like it's just it's been there it's always been there for the past what 16 years that there there's been some team sort of you know some semblance of work happening on metroid dread so i do wonder if it was ever fully actually cancelled or if it was just kind of this like uh you know, on the back burner project that was kicking around, uh, you know, on somebody's hard drive that was just passed on when, you know, people get promoted, people retire, people quit, people move on to other, other, other jobs. Yeah. And it just kept on getting passed on and people would kind of pick at it, you know? Uh, And finally, you know, the cards fell into the right place that they were able to actually ship something.
1: Yeah. The fact that they didn't announce Metroid Prime 4 was a little bit disappointing I'll admit, because we've been waiting for it for a while now. Yeah, but they, yeah they, they did allude to it. Yeah, they, well, because they went right into it. They were like, hey, we're still not done with uh, Metroid Prime 4, so no news there. But, and then, like, they immediately don't, they don't even, like, allude to it. They just straight up say right out, here's another Metroid game instead. And, like, my heart did flips. Like, yes, I really want Metroid Prime 4, but it's more important to me that we're we'll ha- that we're going to have Metroid Dread. I'm way happier about that. They could have yeah. not mentioned Metroid Prime 4 at all, and I would have been happy with Metroid Dread.
0: Yeah, Metroid Dread sounds like it's Mercury Steam working on it, who's the... They did the Samus Returns. Yeah, the, uh, which was the, ph- phenomenal. The re- remake of Metroid 2, um, which is really great. So yeah. uh, I'm excited to see more from them. Um, we also saw a new Smash character. Mm-hmm. We saw Kazuya from Tekken, oh, yeah. who is obviously another punchy, fighty, kicky man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did we need another one of those characters?
1: Eh, eh. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? The more we bro- the more we branch out and broaden our horizons, the more people might actually play Smash. You put a you put a character from Tekken in Smash, and it might make people who exclusively play Tekken, although I don't think there are that many, um, think to themselves, "Oh, you know what? Like my boy Kazuya is in." Smash now. Maybe I should give that a shot. Like <laughs> I don't know. But um I think it's cool to see characters from games that I never ever would have expected to be in Smash show up in Smash.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I guess I'm I'm not complaining. I will I ever, you know, boot this up and, and play as this character? I probably
1: not. No, probably not. <laughs> at,
0: at at this point. I don't really play uh, Tekken,
1: so I don't really have any I, I don't have any familiarity with the character, you know. I, when I play Smash, I, I main characters that have meaning to me. So,
0: eh. Of course, yeah. Uh, moving along, we saw uh, Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, yeah. uh, which was a Wii U title. Yeah, pour uh, another Wii-
1: one out for the Wii U. We do this all the time, you and me. We think about, like, what what games are still exclusive to the Wii U? There's another one. Check it off. It's gone.
0: Yeah, the the, the <laughs> list of Wii U exclusives gets smaller and smaller by the day. Yeah. It feels like, um, which is you know probably a good thing considering the level of disc rot I'm hearing about Wii U titles is that uh, it sounds like all Wii U discs are <laughs> starting to fail quite quickly. I've got a handful. I don't know if you've experienced that's, much of that.
1: No, that's news to me. I never heard of that, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a, It seems that a lot of um, Wii U games, especially from earlier on in the years, uh, they are very prone to failure on disc oh, um, no. to the point where, you know, you get a pinhole scratch on the top the front artwork yeah. of the disc and that's it it will not read
1: i mean usually top scratches cause problems for any sorts of discs but nothing that if you're saying it's just like a pinhole scratch something really yeah. really light that shouldn't cause that much damage that's really bad
0: so uh thankfully if your fatal frame made in a black water wii u disc is non-functional yeah uh, all four of congratulations. you that
1: game on wii u <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's coming to switch yep
1: you know what else is coming to switch what? WarioWare, baby! What's up? <laughs> oh, man. That's another thing that I was super, super happy to see. I was stoked. I love WarioWare. I've always loved
0: WarioWare. I remember my first memory of WarioWare is going to the Rogers Video rental store. We didn't have Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Well, we had some Blockbuster, but the main, the main video store here was Rogers yeah, Video. You had an app. I went down to a. Yeah, we went to Roger's video with my grandpa. Uh, he had one that was uh, near his uh, his house that we walked over to one evening, and I rented myself a copy of WarioWare, Inc. Uh, on Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. uh, when I was, you know, probably eight years old.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just a little baby boy.
0: Yeah, and uh, my love of WarioWare has only grown since, so very excited that a brand new WarioWare title is coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was
1: soon. Yeah, um let me look it up actually. I just want to be 100% sure.
0: Everything that they announced was didn't seem too far off. Uh it, it's it seemed to be, you know, we're halfway through 2021. I don't think they showed anything past 2022, which maybe felt a little unusual.
1: September 10th.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, So really really it's, excited it's for that. It's only 3
1: one. months from now. That's awesome. I think the box art's cute too.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got you got a glimpse of Warriors. Wario's uh Wario's uh,
1: undies. Uh, his war his Wario wears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: Wario talked a lot in this trailer. Yeah, this
1: might be the the, the most words Wario has ever spoken. Canon,
0: like period. Like I can't think of. I'm a Wario. I'm a
1: gonna win. Do I missed? Oh, I lost. What else? <laughs> yeah. Why?
0: I mean, <laughs> I- in Wario World, perhaps there was. Uh, you know a, a couple extra voice lines yeah but he this was a full narrated trailer from from wario uh which felt very strange yeah i
1: i i was saying to tyler during the direct as we were listening to it like this is definitely the first time that there's been like a full monologue by charles martinet as wario there was a mario land 2 commercial back in the day where wario speaks but it was the first time he had ever shown up and it was the first time he was ever given a voice so it's understandable that it's, like, weird to look back on that commercial. But now that Wario has been a staple of the Mario series forever, it's so weird to actually hear him speaking real full sentences. Like, a whole goddamn paragraph. So much so that everyone's impressions of what they think Wario sounds like in full sentences sound more like Wario than Charles Martinet doing Wario. Do
0: you think that... uh They had to like get Charles to like a recording studio, but they were like doing it during COVID. So they, you know, there was like a Zoom call with Charles and they were like, Hey, like we need you to record this like little bit here. Um, (laughs) Can you drive over to a a recording studio? We'll book you some time in there. Yeah. We just need you to go in. Uh, And Charles is like, You guys want me to take off my sweatpants like for the first time (laughs) in months?
1: And you want me to do it for Wario of all people? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
0: uh what else we got they uh showed off a new mario party uh not it's not mario question mark like (laughs) 12 i guess they're on
1: yeah well if we're if we're not counting the the handheld ones because is this
0: the end of numbered mario party
1: maybe who knows
0: was was Mario Party Superstars uh, and it's a collection it's okay so it seems like it's a new game yeah it's It's not it's it's its not a
1: compilation per se
0: separated title but it has maps from N64 titles and a mishmash of mini games I think from those N64 titles as well yeah like Um, it looks like it's running on the Super Mario Party engine
1: yeah it it looks very interesting It, it looks like When we first were watching it, I believe what I said was it looked like it was a download pack for Super Mario Party, which I Mm -hmm. didn't think was out of the question because they only just recently updated Super Mario Party to allow for online play with board game mode. So it was obvious that Super Mario Party was on Nintendo's mind this year. So when they they showed that, I was like, oh, they're probably doing more with Super Mario Party. So now there's maps from previous games that you can use as DLC so that you have more to do and more mini-games from previous Mario Party games are being added as DLC. Okay, but no! It's a totally different game. They gotta
0: milk those dollars out of us. They know that you and I are gonna run to our nearest Best Buy slash Walmart to pick up the latest Mario Party title uh, and pay another $60 for it. So Yeah, well,
1: I'll go to Target. The only reason I went to Walmart that day is because uh, we were closer to Walmart. <laughs> uh, so laziness is what you say. Well, Target's nicer. But anyway, the the point still stands. Um <laughs> this is a, a new old Mario Party and yet it looks very interesting. I'm very very excited for it actually.
0: Yeah, they really leaned on the online uh capabilities. Uh, yeah, they straight like, <laughs> up they
1: went right trailer. out the gate. They're like, "Oh, oh, just so everyone knows, yeah, all the game modes are online this time. Yeah, we we fucked up last time."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think they realized that they're goof. Um, yeah, they definitely goofed. So- yeah, excited for that one. Yeah. Uh, you you were really excited. You got uh, super pumped when you saw uh, a little intro for Advance Wars. Oh, yeah.
1: I love uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2. Um, I've played some of the other Wars games as well, like Famicom Wars, and i played Battalion Wars. Um, but I like Advance Wars the most. They're colorful, and they're cute, and they're quick, and the music is really good. So when I saw the announcement for it, and I saw Nell on screen... She's she's the cute one with the pink. Oh, Mimi. Yeah, Mimi from from we, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, oh hell yeah, we're getting Advance Wars three, but it wasn't Advance Wars three, Tyler. <laughs>
0: no, it's an Advance Wars one and two compilation uh, title.
1: Ugh, um, as he highlights it in the Google Doc that we share. It's
0: interesting because. it's it's they're not just it's not a compilation they're not just re-releasing them they are completely upgrade updated graphics almost kind of like a light version of what they did to uh Link's Awakening Mm -hmm. um so interesting to see that they are going to that length to re-release these and that you know I I, I would have expected these to be you know eShop titles yeah um that they had like some little you know HD features, maybe some like you know story stuff as an addition kind of thing. But yeah. no, it's a it's a completely remade one and two, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. I wonder if this means we'll see a three, or if this gives potential for a three, or if they're just testing the waters for you a see, three. That's as Nintendo the seems To do
1: that's exactly what I think it is. They're not necessarily testing the waters so much as Nintendo wants to bring back this series. But they haven't released a game in this franchise for a number of years. So releasing the third one right now, people would be like, oh, this? Oh, that's weird. What is this? I haven't heard of this in forever. So they're releasing OnePlus 2 as a way to refresh everyone's memory and cleanse our (laughs) palates from the long wait so that when they finally release either Advance Wars Three or maybe they'll call it Switch Wars because usually they're named after the console they come out on,
0: mm.
1: we'll be ready for it. Yeah, and I, I think, hope so.
0: I hope they do. I would yeah. love to see a full-on brand new uh, wars game, as it were. Uh, you know, you know, with full online play. That would full, be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully that's what we're we're trending towards. But really excited to see that the Advance Wars series is not dead. Uh, right, and that they are you know doing something with it after all these years.
1: Yeah, honestly, it's um, it's really cool, uh, almost as cool as Super Monkey Bananya Mania.
0: Yeah, we are getting a super <laughs> Super Monkey Ball compilation. Uh, you know, in in addition to the other compilations. is that a that compilation
1: that getting... too, or is that more like same kind of deal with like Super what is it mario party superstars where it's a new game but it reuses assets and levels from previous monkey balls
0: uh i i the, the okay from the press release mm-hmm. it is the ultimate super monkey ball experience with a capital e
1: what, the, what, what does that mean sta- <laughs>
0: more than 300 stages from super monkey ball super monkey ball 2 and super monkey ball deluxe
1: that's exactly what makes me think that it's Kind of in the same vein as Mario Party Superstars. Because they don't so it's, say it's, it's a compilation three. of the three games. They say levels from, over 300 levels from those three games.
0: It does have local co-op, four-player local co-op, which is lovely. I, I, you love to see it. Mm-hmm. I have some very fond memories of playing Super Monkey Ball 2 on GameCube. We better play this, uh, by the way. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if they talked much about online they do specify four player local co-op so i'm not sure if there's going to be much for online we'll see i really hope uh, so. but uh i mean it looks great and again coming out soon this is october uh so yeah that's another thing that, that surprised me to so many be... of these
1: games are coming out this year
0: yeah yeah um I, I would have i you know i would have liked to see something new like a brand new monkey ball title um but, uh, you know, like we said, it's, it's been a tough year, I think, for a lot of studios. And getting something new out was, I think, particularly challenging for, over the past year. So uh, excited that we're getting you know, anything at all. Uh, and uh, I'm glad to see that, you know, they're, they're not solely focused on Banana Blitz HD. And they're bringing back some of the uh, older, more classic uh, Monkey Ball experiences.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to uh, play as Mimi, the best video game babe of all time
0: me me let's go let's go uh we we got we got to move on we're, we're we're tight on time uh we got to go to zelda they did have a whole full zelda uh s- section to wrap the event
1: yeah there's stuff in the yeah. sky link is Guiji, he has a robot arm next
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> no i'm just kidding
1: i do really like zelda that made it sound like i don't care but, they showed um,
0: Breath of the Wild 2. We saw Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay, which yeah. was maybe unexpected. I Considering it, it feels like it wasn't that long ago where we saw the most recent d- d- direct where they show, you know, Aonuma came out. Uh, he kind of said, I bet you're looking forward to seeing Breath of the Wild 2. But well, not too gonna bad. We're <laughs> going to show you Skyward Sword HD. Uh, so that felt recent enough that I was surprised to see gameplay in this one instead. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's know,
1: E3, so I was really hoping to.
0: Of course, so uh, we we did see some gameplay. Link's got, uh, I mean, who the person we assume is Link uh, has got a Link robot arm. Has
1: sorts. an arm? It's a robot. <laughs> uh,
0: we'll we'll see what that's about. There seems to be some interesting platforming mechanics, um, but. Um, you know more of that breath of the wild kind of exploration and uh it seems a little bit darker mm-hmm. didn't seem as as you know bright and sunny as breath of the wild was yeah um but i you know I, I think i speak for everybody when i say you know we're all for it we're all for more breath of the wild is this uh, so going to be the that.
1: majora's mask of the breath of the wild set series
0: <laughs> did you get the, did you get that vibe
1: no not really i was just I, I was like doing a bit <laughs> 13 reasons why breath of the wild 2 is the majora's mask of breath of the wild one number one
0: he's got a robot arm number, number two. two
1: we saw a moon number three guiji number four <laughs> yeah that honestly that was weird to see link uh, phase through matter like that
0: yeah, that'll in be this, interesting. I, like
1: it's exactly it reminds me exactly of Gooigi. That's why I made that joke. It's not just because oh, Gooigi's funny. The, f- <laughs> the funny, funny podcast man said the goo word. <laughs> the Zelda game and watch, Tyler.
0: You could put that on your on your uh, Twitter bio. What uh, funny, funny podcast, podcast man?
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> Update the website. <laughs> yeah. I'm a ling- linguistics and language instructor and funny podcast man. Uh, we did um,
0: see Zelda Game & Watch. So uh, Nintendo did a Mario Game & Watch it kind of handheld uh, homage to the Game & Watch series. Yeah, uh, just this past series. November. Uh, yeah, several months ago now. And mm-hmm. now we're getting a Zelda one. And yeah. Zelda one has four games on it. We've got the original Legend of Zelda. We've got Zelda 2. Uh, we've got uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah. Which I thought was a little interesting. Uh, and then they got a, uh, a re-release of uh, an original Game & Watch title.
1: Yeah. Uh, vermin. Vermin, yeah. But you play as Link instead. See, this is... I don't have any problems with that. The fact that those three Zelda games are going to exist on a Game & Watch is so cool, because they're lengthy, realistic gaming experiences. They're not just like, oh, okay, whatever. It's like a little Zelda game, whatever.
0: It's not a pick up and play for two minutes and then put it down and never touch yeah. again.
1: Not, not even Link's Awakening, which is weird, because it was a Game Boy game. But um I'm surprised that... uh they didn't try to go like a little harder because there was also a Zelda Game & Watch game. And, uh,
0: and they didn't include it.
1: They didn't include it. It, it's, it was a multi-screen game, so I can kind of understand the technical limitations, but there was nothing stopping Nintendo from making a multi-screen Game & Watch for Zelda. They could have.
0: Uh, you won't believe it, but it also acts as a clock.
1: yes that's the watch part of game and watch and you can play on the clock whenever you get bored of playing the four real games that are (laughs) included on the zelda game and watch you can dabble around on clock
0: yeah they had some interactive clock stuff the packaging apparently doubles as a little uh, stand to show it off it looks surprisingly classy it's really cute i
1: I really like it
0: i i i I, you know i it's 50 bucks we're gonna get one obviously Mm -hmm. uh it's cute. I, I'm, I'm excited they showed it off. They, they totally did the thing, too, where Aonuma pulls it out of his dress shirt
1: pocket. Yeah, of pocket. course. I also really love the color scheme of it. Um, game and watches are well known for being, like, red or silver or gold, sometimes white. But this one is gold and green and, like, dark green. It's very unusual for a game and watch, which makes it stand out. And I really like that color combo.
0: Yeah, I like these. I hope they do more of them. Um, you know, I'd love to see a, like a Metroid one. Oh yeah, uh, or a Kirby one, that kind of thing. Especially because um, those never
1: cute. got original Game and Watch releases, so it'd be cool to see what they would look like on a Game and Watch. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So that that's that's what we saw for E3. Um, I, I guess we'll we'll have a little bit more to talk about uh, uh, next time with EA's event uh, yet to be seen. I think maybe there's a handful, uh, a couple of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a, a couple of other events to, to, <laughs> to kind of check on next time. Um, but that's that's kind of wraps it up. Overall, you know, a, a bit of a slower E3, uh, less dramatic than, than maybe we're used to in the past, but somewhat expected. Um, yeah. For, for this year. Um, I really do hope, like we said, I really do hope we can see a little bit more uh, in person stuff, hopefully, uh, next year. One, one thing I would to love get, to do back to is
1: uh, maybe I could do it with you at some point because we, we go to expensive cons all the time. Maybe one year you and I can go to E3. Yeah,
0: dude. I mean, I know in the recent years, they it used to be like you got to have the invite. You can't just – there's no, like, patron pass. You got to mm-hmm. have a uh, – you got to have, like, the, the media pass to get in, and that's the only way. So, you know um, – uh, if you want to uh, support us on Patreon, <laughs> we would love that. And yeah, that's uh, way hopefully... we don't
1: have to, uh, you know, break in and rappel down from the ceiling. In the middle of the if you want more exclusive conference.
0: E3 content next year, <laughs> uh, Patreon.com/superfxpodcast.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, one one tiny last thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, end it. Um, Let's hear it. Did you have any like cool collection pickups the last two weeks? Because I have like no, one interesting I got... story.
0: I got that Ratchet and Clank story. Uh, I, Towerfall, this the physical edition from Limited Run Games came out, uh, so I got that in the mail on Switch. That's one thing I really enjoyed playing. I, I, I never did play it on Uya, but it was like the one big multiplayer Uya title. Yeah, um, it came out on PC. I played a little bit of that with some friends, but I'm excited now that I have it on Switch and I'll be able to play that more with friends. Uh, so as soon as we can get back together in person, um, that's one of the first things I'll be breaking out.
1: Hell yeah. Um this actually just happened like super recently. It was just the last couple of days. Um, My old landlord reached out to me and was like, Hey, uh, we're going to be moving to Florida. Would you like to uh, come over and take a look at all of the video games slash consoles that I have? I don't want to charge too much because you used to be a tenant of mine. I'm not looking to make a fortune. You were the first person I thought of come over and grab my games. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. So, Jackie and I make a plan to go there the following day, and we do. We show up, and he's got a PS1 with some third-party controllers, PlayStation 2 um, with two first-party controllers, the black DualShock 2 and the blue DualShock 2. He has a 360e with a bunch of commons, a Wii, and a Wii U. And... um wii u has only like four or five games for it i didn't see any games for any of the other consoles though that's the all thing. of the He's wii u titles these...
0: have been since re-released on nintendo switch <laughs> right
1: um but like all of the consoles that he had he had like five or six different consoles i only saw a couple of games for the wii u and then like 20 games for the xbox 360 so i don't know where the titles were for the others but it doesn't matter to me um he wants to get rid of all of them but the only console out of all the ones that he had that I was in need of was the Xbox 360 E. And sure, I want to help him out and buy the consoles off of him. But it has to be for a very good price because I need to be able to either make some money back by flipping them or not lose too much money by giving them out to other collecting friends like you, Tyler, or like my friend Max. Wow. So, yeah, right? Well, that's, that's what we do for each other. We don't charge each other money. We just give and then eventually the other person gives back and then back and forth. So, Collectors fly together. Yeah, basically. So I ended up shooting out a number at him, like 45, for PS1, PS2, the 360, the Wii, and the Wii U. And I know that that's pretty low, but I have to be able to flip these and for it to be worth it. Um, and he's like, well, you know, I was actually thinking maybe my son might want to keep the Wii U. I'm really just interested in getting rid of the other ones. And I was like, okay, that's no problem. Um, What were you thinking? And he's like, I think that I think forty five is good. And I'm like, well, no, no, forty five was for everything, including the Wii U. And he's like, yeah, no, no, I know, but like forty five still sounds pretty good for all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I mean, if I were going to keep all this stuff, forty five is really good. I'm being honest, right? Forty five (laughs) dollars. Well, it's just that I didn't need it, and I
0: showed up, and you're playing ball.
1: Here's the thing. If I wanted to keep all that stuff and he was like 80 bucks, I would have said sold. But the only thing I needed was the Xbox 360 E. That's it. (laughs) So, but he wanted to get rid of all of it. And I didn't know whether he would separate anything. So I had to, I had to play a little low. So we eventually go back and forth a couple of times and he's willing to separate the Xbox 360 E. And since he doesn't need the games anymore even though i didn't need nearly any of them because i had most of them um he wants me to take him as well so i i offer him 25 and he says 30 and i say i kind of really don't want to go higher than 25 i hope you understand it's just that i i only need the console i really don't need these games it's not worth it so like if you want to push them on me and get rid of them that's fine but i don't want to have to pay for them because you don't want to separate them from the castle
0: i feel like 360 commons are almost like you would have to pay me to take
1: these yeah well i didn't need nearly any of them but um he finally agrees on the 25 i pay him and you know before i leave he gives up a call to his son to ask him if it's okay to sell the 360, which should have been Yeah, because
0: that's the time the, to do that. Yeah,
1: it should have been... I love this guy, don't get me wrong. My old landlord, he was a fantastic landlord. And I think he's a great person, but this was just such a strange encounter. Um, he, he calls his son... Basically, well, I have the money in my hand. And his son is like, no, don't sell it, I want to keep playing Minecraft. And his dad's like, well... We have Minecraft on the computer and on a lot of other different things. Like, you don't really need this. And the kid's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And, like, like, hangs up the phone. So dad's like, all right. Kid said whatever. I'm selling it. So he sells it to me. And, like, it's not my responsibility. I even asked a couple of times. I was like, are you sure it's okay? Like, I, I want to make 100% sure. You know, I'm not in dire need of this console if your son wants yeah. to keep. You know, I want it to be nice. But after he was like, no, don't worry about it, like four or five times, it's no longer my responsibility. I tried to be the nice person. So he sells (laughs) it to me. I leave. I go home. And as I do with pretty much everything, I clean it up. I match all the loose discs to their cases, both the ones, the the very few that I was going to keep and also the ones that I'm going to try to flip or give to people who need them. I clean up the console do the smoke test, it works, there's no disc in the tray, we're good, everything's in working order. Then I catalog all the games on all of my different cataloging tools to help me keep track of my collection, and that actually takes some time. Like, it it really does. It takes a couple hours. You should see
0: my stack. Dude, I have a stack of things to be cataloged. Yeah. It's, uh, it's its own shelf at
1: this that, point. That's the part of collecting that no one likes to talk about is when you get a whole bunch of stuff at once, you have to, I guess you don't have to clean it, but I want to make sure that these things are both A, not disgusting and B, continuously working for as long as they can. So I like to clean everything. Then I write that I have them so that I don't forget later. I can look back at my reference sheets. Um, then I have to shelve them alphabetically so that they're organized. All that stuff actually takes quite some time. So I did all that, went to bed. Following morning, I get a text. It's like, hey, of all people, uh, my daughter is mad that I sold the Xbox. Would you sell it back to me? I'll give you an extra $5 for your trouble. And I'm like, he had the wherewithal to call his son, albeit while I was already about to buy it. But he didn't ask his daughter. Maybe he didn't expect that his daughter would care, but like... We already went through this one time, and now I'm gonna have to give it back. <laughs> like, I actually went through a little bit of a conundrum. I was like, Am I being the bigger person by just giving it back? Because I really didn't care. It, it is a model of 360 that I need. I didn't have an E before. But at the same time, I'm not the biggest Xbox fan, or the biggest collector of Xbox. Should I just give it back? And. Like I said earlier, he was a very good landlord to me when I lived as his tenant, and I think he's a good person overall. So I I was like, okay, fine, I'll take the extra five bucks for the hassle, I guess, and I'll just give it back to you. So I basically did all that cleaning and shelving and cataloging for no reason. (laughs) To make five dollars, I guess.
0: Hey, you're five bucks richer!
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But it was, it, this is also one of the only times in my entire like, history as a collector where I've had to give something back. It, it that, like, doesn't happen. Has that ever happened to you?
0: No. Yeah. No. And, and even if it did, I, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, it, being friends with somebody, if they ask for it back, like, okay, sure, we'll figure that out. But if it's my old landlord, do I give it back to them? You're a nice guy. Well, here's the thing, right? But, like, it was the very like...
1: next morning. So I guess that was a little more inclined to be like, okay, if he came back to me like a year later and was like, "Hey, my kids really want that Xbox. Would you sell it back to me?" I'd be like, "No, <laughs> sorry." The
0: life and times of a video game collector.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about. It's not the best pickup in the world. I did get some other cool stuff, but they're really no. It's not. I mean, a is, story it, is, it, it. is it
0: the best pickup in the world? Is it a pickup period? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a though. pick down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> I had to put down I tried to pick up, but had to put back down um, no, you did. yeah, I picked up some other cool stuff over the last two weeks, but nothing with a phenomenal story, so it's not really worth talking about <laughs> well, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that'll do it for this show, huh <laughs> yeah, I think it will. yeah, I guess so. um, guys, thanks so much for listening uh, if you want to learn more about super f x that's the podcast you're listening to. You can visit our website. It's superfxpodcast.com. That's the website where our podcast that you're listening to is host. Anyway, you can also follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook at superfxpodcast. Um, we love to hear from you guys, too. So please reach out with any comments or questions on social media. You can send us an email to hi h i at superfxpodcast.com. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support us, um, as we mentioned a couple times... Please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash superfxpodcast. If you're listening on YouTube, do us a big favor. Consider liking, subscribing, and leaving a comment. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, help us out by rating and reviewing the show. And if you're listening on Google Podcasts, don't forget you can catch up on our episodes just by shouting, hey Google, play the podcast Super FX. And now I have to silence my phone because it's going to happen right now. <laughs> Special thanks to Kenny Martin, what's up dude, for our theme song, you can find him at Kenma, K-E-N-M-A And again, a special thanks to you guys. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.